Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with David Lee, the coach. <laughs> he wasn't a coach when he was on my team. I think I was the coach, or maybe I was the owner. I don't know, but there's a lot of great sports analogies. As time has gone by, David definitely deserves to be Coach David Lee. Welcome, David, and thank you, sponsors, Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, and ComC.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So, David, welcome, and give us a little bit of your origin story. I want to know what you were doing before you came to work for Beckett Publications. <laughs> I know a little bit about what you're doing. Give us a, a kind of a survey, a run of how you got started as a kid and how you came on our radar and the great work you did for our team and then what you've gone on to greater and greater stuff. Sure, absolutely. No, thanks for having me on. This is going to be awesome. I'm 42 now, so my hobby journey started, I think, a lot of other people my age collecting when I was a kid in the mid to late 80s. I lived right outside of Dallas. I was getting into collecting sports cards. And then into the early 90s, the Dallas Cowboys started winning Super Bowls. I was playing football as well at that age. So it was a perfect storm for me. Just the explosion of the hobby in the early 90s, the Cowboys winning Super Bowls, playing football. My mom would drive me around to shops and shows, getting anything that I could afford with my allowance money and stuff like that. I was collecting back then. A friend of mine in fifth grade class, his stepdad owned a hobby shop in Garland in, in my hometown. So I would go there. He, he would bring some cool cards to school. I would bring mine and we would trade. I'd go to his stepdad's shop and, and every birthday, every Christmas, I would want to give a gift certificate to that shop. So I would go look at his cool cards and get what I could afford. I, I was there as a, I think the, the perfect age for interest during that time, just when the hobby exploded. And I continued to collect really all the way through school. Had some kind of moments through there where I you know, probably didn't collect as much as I had some ups and downs through school. But when I was in college for a journalism degree, I was doing journalism, marketing, public relations, and I needed an internship for my degree. So that's when I submitted for the Beckett internship program under Mark Zesky. I submitted my resume. I was writing for the school newspaper and still collecting cards. That was what, early 2000s. So I was still really into it then. And yeah, went in for an interview and got the internship that summer and was doing some classes that summer, but still interning at Beckett and trying to juggle all that and really stayed on. And Margaret Steele hired me on full time after my internship was up and I graduated college. It was like a dream job for me. By that time, I was able to interview some athletes and creating that type of content was just, uh, just awesome. It was getting paid for it too. <laughs> no, I think first of all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in your collecting, were you up to that point? Were you collecting mainly the newer cards or did you have any vintage appeal or were you collecting each year when the new cards came out buying the new stuff? Were you, or were you like Dan? I would say back then, way back. I would say back then I was probably most interested in the new rookie cards. So like through the nineties, I'm remembering Brett Favre, Marshall Falk, Curtis Martin, still doing a little bit of baseball. So Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, obviously I was always also trying to get Michael Jordan stuff. His dominance in the 90s was right in my wheelhouse of paying attention as a kid growing up. So yeah, I would say mostly new stuff then. I've always been a Texas Longhorns fan. That's my number one. So I was always after the Longhorns players who were coming into the NFL. But primarily, I would say back then, I was really interested in new rookie cards. I, I would dabble in some vintage stuff too. But in my mind, that stuff was too expensive. It wasn't what I could get. Had I pulled all my money from the packs that I bought, I probably could have afforded some vintage rookie cards. David, one of the things that I think would be interesting, because I, I think the internship program that we had back in the day, which started way before you were there, but w went on, was it? 
a super successful program that we had. And, and we had some great people that we didn't hire as well for full-time later, but we had a pretty outstanding batting average, I think, for people that we brought into the program who were still getting paid. So it wasn't an unpaid internship, which is what some mm-hmm. some businesses do. But we paid people and then we could expect more, I think. Mark Harwell would always say, it's try before you buy. So we were getting a chance to observe you, your work ethic, your excellence. And so I, I think it was a terrific program. But did you see it that way? Because I was on the other end of it, seeing these outstanding young people that we were bringing in that were college, junior, seniors, whatever, some during the year, some in the summer. But how did you see this? Because it, it really impacted you, I think, in a positive way. That being in that interview <laughs> oh, no, the- opened doors for you for then later. Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Because there I am in school, obviously taking journalism classes. I I was focused on marketing and public relations, but also I was writing for the school newspaper. I was actually looking at it as I'm actually in a a, a publishing media company, Beckett Publications back then. I'm surrounded by all these amazing writers and editors. Mike Payne was there, Al Muir, Mark Zesky. I think John Kelly was still there. Obviously you. And I I feel like I'm just in it. Obviously, I also feel like I'm I'm in over my head. But that's the good part because it's jumping in the deep end. So it's almost like just a massive acceleration of of what I'm learning and and what I'm figuring out that I'm good at, what I'm figuring out that I'm not good at. Meanwhile, talking to people at tops and like these people that I've heard of for years and years. But no, I I thought it was amazing because you're actually doing hands-on work. You're surrounded by incredibly talented people. Um, and also just dealing with some of the freelance writers that that they would use sometimes and figuring out how, how all that works. So I felt like what I was learning in school was just a, a, a tiny fraction of what I was actually learning hands-on in this internship. So I was feeling like I was way past what I was learning in school. <laughs> I'm like, hey guys, I'm like, I'm, I'm already doing this. But by the time I'm getting ready to graduate, I'm, I, I couldn't wait to get away from school. <laughs> One of the things I've always thought in our internship program, because I'm not necessarily a golden rule guy, but I try to think, how would somebody look at this? And I think many internship programs are two things that we were not. One is no pay. (laughs) You just Mm -hmm. get to work here. And number two, you get to do all the terrible stuff that nobody else wants to do. And I don't think we did that. We paid people and we integrated you into the flow of the work and you were expected to make a meaningful contribution. We had to pick people that were self-starters like you that would rise to the occasion. If they didn't, if they were just looking to, hey, tell me what to do next. Those weren't the kind of people that thrived in our, I think, small company, but small to medium size at that point. So is that your take on yeah, no doubt. Because like you're given assignments to work on and seeing building on things, obviously, but you're creating content for the magazines, for the website, and it's there. And and once it actually rolls off the printer, it's written in stone and it, it's a wake up call. It's, wow, I actually did that. I wrote that and it's out there and it's all over the country and people are reading it. And man, I hope I didn't make a mistake. There's always that too. And then you build on that and you start writing cover blurbs and you start interviewing people and you learn how to do quotes and you learn how to communicate with people on interview. Yeah, it's absolutely hands-on Yes, you are creating content for your company's publication, and you have to put out a good product. And yeah, that. And as someone in an internship program who's still in college, it's a wake-up call. It's real now, <laughs> and I remember that. And obviously, just being at the office and seeing all this artwork that was around the building that I used to see on the back cover of Beckett magazines that I was getting as a kid, like recognizing them all. It's, it was like walking through a sports collectible museum. Basically, the other thing that comes up, I don't think we coddled the interns, like I said, that they 
came in, there wasn't like a month-long orientation. <laughs> there wasn't an online course they could take. You were just thrown in the deep end of the pool. That was my sense of it. And we were picking people that we thought could swim. So you obviously could. Again, sensitive question, but it, it, was there anything that even slightly resembled hazing? Because we, we had some people <laughs> in a, on our team that, that uh, enjoyed their position. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or were they no, absolutely. pretty good natured, I think, but not. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt. Dangerous. No doubt. It was all in fun. But yeah. yeah, like I say, my nickname in this industry is Buddy Lee, and that comes from Mike Payne and Al Muir. Of course, there's always a little bit of that new young guy. And it's always just, yeah, always just been fun seeing if you can roll with the punches. And but they came from it, too. So it's all part of being in the editorial department, obviously, and seeing what you can do. And if you can just have fun, you look for those people that I think have similar personalities. And heck, we played basketball during lunch and being able to do that stuff. I, I played football from fourth grade all the way through high school. So it's that kind of similar type of atmosphere. To me, it's all part of being part of a team and working together and doing all that type of stuff. To this day, I'm still working with with Mike and, and creating content for him on a regular basis. So yeah. You were time for a while and then you weren't there and now you're doing some freelance stuff. But tell us some of the other things you've done since you've left Beckett. I guess it was Beckett Media by that time. Sure. And, and some of the other things you've done that have been interesting. Again, I just wanted when people were working you know, for our company that they'd have a great experience, but didn't necessarily think that was going to be their last job for the rest of their life. But while they were there, I was hoping they'd have a good experience, but you've gone on to other things. So tell us about some of those things. Yeah. After my full time at Beckett, I joined a company in Lake Dallas, at, then they moved to Plano, but they were a kind of a publishing marketing company for the direct selling. And they also published Success Magazine. So I did a lot of primarily an editor and kind of a marketing manager for them. So a lot of content and career, I would say took more of a marketing and branding turn at that point, but still in content creation, you could call it just content marketing. We produced marketing magazines, brochures, a lot of print material, but then I really started to get into more content marketing, emails, blogs, a lot of digital content marketing, and really diving into figuring out what people are out there searching for and how to create highly targeted content for specific you know, tar- target audiences in, in search engine optimization content, on-page website content, things like that. So I, I really felt coming from a more of a traditional magazine print material in the sports collectibles realm and then taking more of a, a marketing angle and then just putting all that together. And since then, I've also contract-wise, obviously when Tony Fay was with the company, he you know still has his own business now and I've connected with him a lot and I, I create content for him regularly that is connected with the college football playoff, the Dallas Sports Commission, the Football Bowl Association, things like that. So being able to cover that stuff too. And really for the past four and a half years, I've just been working for myself as a contractor. And it's been pretty cool. It's not easy, but I really feel like I've been able to take a lot of that stuff that I've learned throughout my career and, and, and build something for myself. The man in the house of cards. The man Oh, God.